My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. Kerry is off this week, so this is LW, and I'm filling in. And uh, who more fitting to come join me today to help me co-host this show is uh, Hank Parker Jr., who was uh, the co-host last year with Kerry, so hopefully today he can fill me in with some uh some good stories and a little ammo for carrie and maybe even a few uh a few pranks or something i can pull on dale jr because i know he's got a good relationship with both those guys so uh good to have you here hank thanks lw man it is y'all have changed the exalted studio up it looks good in here it's good to be back you know i miss old carrie i wish that he was here i could be giving him a hard time because you know it's it's easy to do and what people don't realize lw is I would get him fired up before we'd go on the air. So in between breaks and things like that, I would just get under his skin a little bit. So you'd have him shook up just a little bit when he get on the air. Oh, yeah. Have uh, you practiced that? Yeah, I just that, need to know You know, that. fortunately, uh, uh, when Kelly and I got married, uh, I guess prior to us getting married, we started dating and I became, you know, friends with Carrie. And it didn't take me long. And my personality uh, – probably much like your own it's uh i always look for that chink in their armor where i can know i can twist a little bit and so right off the bat uh, carrie and i had that relationship and of course he'll uh he always comes up with something and he'll he'll try to lead off usually and get me on something as soon as we see each other it's always taking some pokes at each other and usually i can twist it right back around on him real quick so i i like your style on that because uh very similar and i've had a lot of fun with carrie on the show doing the same thing and it, i can i can get him cranked up in about a matter of uh, just uh just the way i look at him i can tell and i can get him going so i know i knew you guys had that relationship and i thought it'd be fun having you on here today because i knew that uh obviously we have uh, a lot of the same personality when it comes to that you know Kerry was the only guy in my racing career he was the only guy who could wreck you and you still liked him afterwards. <laughs> he's such a good guy man he just uh he's got that big old grin and you know he's always up to something because you just you can see it written all over his face but he's kind of guy he'd wreck you it'd be an accident for sure and uh He'd give you the shirt off of his back, and he's still the same way. And, you know, you just got to appreciate a guy like that. Yeah, that's what I, I always love that about Kerry because we can, you know, we, we can joke and cut up. But when it comes down to getting something done and you need somebody to, you know, you got some heavy lifting needs done, he's that guy. I mean, he's that guy that's <laughs> going to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning if that's what you need and, and work with you all day long and not expect anything when you're done. You know, I mean, just just likes helping people and, and being a part of people's life. So we've, we've had a great relationship, he and I, in, in, in that manner. And I, you know, uh, he always – cuts up because i'll with, uh, he hunts in pennsylvania with us at our place up there where i grew up and you know i'll get him to go up there and you know spend a couple of days helping me work and prepping the land they're like yeah i know you just need me to come help you get this work done but i mean <laughs> the, the guy is just that guy i mean he's the guy that when you need somebody to come help do something he's there for you so i, I definitely can appreciate the fact that nobody ever really could get mad at carrie no, he's not for very long <laughs> <laughs> well we got you know we, we you walk a fine line here so we He's going to hear this, so we can't let him get a big head now. <laughs> One of my buddies last year said something to me. It was so funny. It just caught me off guard. He goes, man, I've been listening to that uh, 
Earnhardt Outdoors podcast with you and Carrie goes, man, I love it when that cat starts to, when he's, when he starts getting all his philosophy out, you just don't know what that guy's <laughs> going to say. It, it, it just, it's like, it just cracked me up, you know, cause he'll get on some long rant about something, you know, well, you know, this, well, you know, that, and well, you know, everything, you know, so he just cracks me up. He's a good dude, but, uh, he's, he's good to poke fun at. That's well, that, that's one of the things whenever, uh, whenever you, uh, let Carrie know that you wouldn't be able to do the show this year because of some other commitments you had going on and, uh, Dale and, and Kelly and Mike Davis and I were sitting in the office and, and discussing Carrie's show and, 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 Car- and Dale was like, quick to jump on he says man i want lw he said you he says you'll keep him honest you get on there you make sure you you make sure you keep him honest and uh, so i do a good job of calling him out on stuff and of course uh you know we call him curry 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 earnhardt and uh the exalta exalta is how he says it so usually when we're doing the show i i always sit there and he i don't even have to say anything i'll just look at him and he you know rather than have to correct him on when he says something i just give him that look and yeah. he gives me that look back like he wants to strangle me and of course he knows i'm busting him because he's saying something yeah, with a funny pronunciation and he uh he does he's a he's a hoot i can't give him too hard of a time about it southern country accent yep you got I, it i'm kind of stuck there myself so i gotta i gotta be i gotta tread lightly on that one yep. don't throw rocks in a glass house what my dad that's always right said. that's right not when you live in one anyway <laughs> that's right no you guys so tell me a little bit about uh what you've been up to and you know i, I don't you know followed a little bit of you know i knew you've got some other commitments going on and had some changes in directions of things you're working on. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what you've been up to. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a busy year. I started a new company called Fireband Media. Uh, we we produce, uh, you know, kind of same as what I did before, production company that produces outdoor television programming. We do, we're doing some outside work as well with some different corporations. And so that's kind of uh, had me hopping to get that thing up off the ground. And right now it's a, a real busy time for us where we're putting together all the shows that will be airing in just a couple of weeks on the Outdoor Channel with Hank Parker's Flesh and Blood. So have been putting together some shows and, and getting the itch to get back in the woods. Uh, I'm putting together a show right now where my dad uh, shoots a, probably a, just over a 180-inch whitetail with his bow. And, you know, man, I can I can only handle so much of <laughs> watching that, you know, and I, I've got to get out there. But, you know, we're, we're putting together the shows and, and getting all that stuff together. And, and you know, people don't realize this is um, until you've been in it. Uh, you watch a television show that airs 30 minutes on, on TV. It's about 22 minutes of content. It takes us anywhere from about 70 to 80 hours to put that show together. <laughs> and uh, So we always push it to the last minute and stay up all night and work and, and, and put these shows together. So right now, that's that's what I'm doing. I've, I've been doing some other stuff with our production company, doing some corporate work that's been a lot of fun. It had some people that we've uh, done some stuff uh uh, with that uh, Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters put together a video for those guys a couple weeks ago up on the Nanahala, which was, was pretty oh, neat. Nice. Uh, got some cool footage and, and did some good things up there. But, you know, just, just having a good time, uh, getting off the heels of a probably, I would say, my best North Carolina turkey season. So that's even more. Awesome. You know, awesome. work is important. But yeah. hunting is important. Well, yeah. That's, that's a carry <laughs> right there. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, that's that's funny you say that about, you know, I, I'm sure when you're sitting there editing and putting footage together of hunts that you guys have had or like your dad's, uh, other people's hunts, and you're, you know, I always, usually in the evenings we'll get our kids to bed, Kelly and I, and uh, if we get them to bed by 9, of course we shoot for 9 o'clock, and usually yeah. it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and you're doing good if you have them to sleep. And, of course, she'll uh, – 
we'll finally get to bed and she'll say, well, why don't you just, uh, so is there anything you want to watch on television? She'll say, no, no, just put on a hunting show or something. <laughs> the problem that what she doesn't know and is exactly what you're talking about is I'll put on a hunting show and I'll lay there, you know, my goal may be to be to bed by sleep by 10 30 or 11 or whatever it may be. And I'll, I'll, I'll turn on a hunting show and she doesn't, you know, appreciate or understand the fact that that really, you know, gets your, I, I guess it fires off some endorphins and gets your yeah, uh, adrenaline ready, yeah. running. Cause the next thing I know, you know, it'll be 11 o'clock. I'll turn the hunting show off. And of course, then I'll get the iPad out and I'll start studying maps of, of some <laughs> of the properties that I'm hunting or properties that we're managing or whatever it may be. And, you know, you watch the show and it gets your gears turning. And then next thing you know, it's 1230 at night and you're still thinking about, well, maybe Maybe I need to hang a stand over there or move a stand or I wish I had a camera there. So, yeah, it's uh, I can appreciate the fact that it gets you cranked up. And uh, so you bring up your turkey season. Um, so did you hunt multiple states for turkeys this spring or was it just North Carolina? Or tell me a little bit about that. I, You know, my dad lives down in South Carolina. He has a farm down there. And so we spent a little time down there. It's been off down there for the last couple of years. The hatch has been off and there's been some other things that, that have taken place. It's just really hurt the numbers of uh, turkeys down there. And it's always been such a great place to hunt, but it, it's still good. But one of the things I, I learned a long time ago and learned it the hard way, when you go behind a guy who's an extremely good turkey hunter, that can be a good thing because they understand not how to not spook birds and mess it up for the long run. But after you get uh, several years of that imprint of that turkey call and good approach, <laughs> man, you get some smart birds. So I hunted a little bit down there, had a great hunt, took a, a buddy of mine down there and my son. But the rest of the time that I spent was mostly right here in North Carolina. And I'm telling you, this year was, uh, it was, it was such a good year. We've had a good hatch the last two years. I'm a little bit concerned right now this year with all the rain that we've had. Yeah. I haven't seen any pulse so far this year. And we didn't have very many jakes this year. So I think we might be coming up on some. Off year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some rough, rough couple of years. And But but you never know. The, these turkeys will, they'll, they'll breed late into the summer like this and, and, and get another hatch. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping that takes place. But, man, I learned really early this year. Well, I went, it was tough. The turkeys were really hinned up. And well, what I decided to do, uh, just because of something uh, that I'd seen in the past, is I, I backed off. I, I would hunt in the mornings because I just, you know, there's nothing like being out yeah, there. Waking up and hearing yeah. them come. It's getting late and you hear start gobbling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it just fires you up, but I wouldn't call much. And I wouldn't be too aggressive. And I, I killed uh, probably 90% of my birds at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, wow. wow. So I would go in the morning to listen and then go to work, which is, you know, that's a bad word in April. <laughs> and then uh, go go during lunch. Get back in on them. Yeah, break. yeah. So I took my daughter. She's, uh, my daughter's 14, and she was really wanting to kill a bird. And so I took her, and, man, she was gung-ho. And, and uh, we, we got on three birds uh, on the roost early in the season, and it just wouldn't, they wouldn't play in our game, you know. And, mm -hmm. And so I kind of gave up. I didn't want to push the envelope too hard. So we backed out and uh, hunted a different spot and, and not much was going on. I said, hey, why don't we give these birds three or four days and then you come to work with me and at lunch we'll go back in there. And so that's what we did. We did three or four days. We went in there at uh, at, at 12 o'clock and at 12.05 I walked right in to where we set up, where they were at on the roost. Yep. And I called. And he hammered. <laughs> About 15 minutes later, he's standing 10 yards on front of us. I'm like, all right, baby, shoot, shoot. I can take it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I uh, I have for years been, you know, a huge whitetail hunter, huge archery whitetail 
primarily. And about four years ago, um, I hunted turkeys a little bit in Pennsylvania as a kid, but what we found up there is when I was a kid in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania was one of the prime locations that people, I mean, it was big turkey hunting right. up there. Absolutely. And, you know, when I was 15, 16 years old, you could still take a Lynch's box call out there, call a little bit and have a turkey come gobbling mm-hmm. all the way into you. Now, by the time I was 20 years old, when I moved here, uh, just in that short, probably five, five year window from the time I was 15 to last time I was 20, turkey hunting got really publicized, got really big. And this would have been back like eight in the late 1980s, early 1990s. And uh, it got really hard to hunt them up there because, I mean, you had a lot more hunters in the woods. Guys were calling and, you know, you know, I'll say call shy. People say there's no such thing. Well, I know they're I mean, they were call shy. Right. Mm-hmm. So they were still there. They were reacting different. So I kind of lost interest because it wasn't that exciting. You know, when I was 15 years old, you'd go out there at daylight, you'd hear them gobble, you'd start calling, they'd gobble all the way into you. Yeah. And it was just really, really, really neat. So uh, when I was in my 20s, I kind of lost interest a little bit because it was a different game and, and, you know, I didn't have the patience and the things to do, which I I don't still don't today to hunt them right. But about four or five years ago, I took Kelly's Uncle Robert with me to Kelly and Dale's Uncle Robert to Pennsylvania with me. And I had some work I wanted to get done. And I thought, well, I, I knew he was a huge turkey hunter. So I took him up there and uh, with me for the week and he he hunted every day we were there and, and so one day I said well I'm going to go out with him and I went out with him and he called me in a turkey and I shot it and I thought man this is this is fun again and, <laughs> yeah. and for whatever reason I mean a huge I'm a huge sportsman and, and obviously also with racing and stuff mm-hmm. you know took up a lot of time in my springtime in the past so that that held me back a little bit but the uh, last four years I've gotten really hooked on it and in my hunting partner is Uncle Robert he and I go this year we hunted Illinois Ohio and Pennsylvania together and he's uh He's great. He kills turkeys everywhere we go. I mean, he he shot two in Illinois and two in Pennsylvania, and he called in two that got killed in in Ohio. Didn't shoot him himself, but we uh, he's taught me a whole lot about turkey hunting, and in that you know the thing you say about the 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 biggest thing that I've learned that I don't care how good you call or how you locate them or how you set up all that's very important but the most important part is patience Mm -hmm. and if you have that patience Mm -hmm. just like you said you know patient enough to back out of there Mm -hmm. and go back in three or four hours later when you know that they're they're going to be they're going to come into the call versus just you know sitting there and that's he's taught me that patience and it's worked Uh, i actually called a turkey in um in in may this year for dale up in ohio he killed his first gobbler that's good um so that was pretty awesome i i called that in for him and he shot that and then yeah i had pretty good success myself in illinois and pennsylvania so i i've really you know i know you've done it a long long time and of course carrie's been into it a long long time and i'm just kind of as much of a huge outdoorsman as i've always been i'm still just really new and learning the turkey world Mm -hmm. because i took a a 20 year you know gap of when i hunted them to to getting back into it now so it's been it's been a lot of fun so i i'm i'm glad that you got to do that and i'm sure calling them and you know taking your daughter with you is a pretty awesome experience and that's no different than when i go hunt even even for me calling dale and his bird i mean yeah just how excited he was i mean that was that was a moment that i know he and i will never forget because i mean it was just an awesome setup and an awesome situation and just like you're gonna always have that memory with your daughter and I know we we all preach about taking our kids hunting, getting our kids in the outdoors, and and I'm I, I try to bring it up on every show, and I'll say to Carrie, I'll say, you know, take a kid hunting, take a buddy hunting, take your wife hunting, 
go to the old folks home and pick up an old man and take him hunting because <laughs> everybody needs that time in the woods. And, and you know, I'm, I, I know you've been fortunate to grow up in, in the fishing world as well. And I've, I like to fish, but I don't spend a lot of time fishing, but I mean, any, whether it's hunting or fishing or camping or just going for a, a nature walk. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can argue the fact that that is, that, uh, that is the cure to a lot of ailments of people just to get their heads on straight and get feeling good about life. Cause it's, it's such an awesome experience. Yeah, you know, the outdoors offers a unique opportunity to to take uh, to take a kid or a friend uh, out in the outdoors. It gives you the opportunity to just turn everything else off. You know, we live in a world that's just so busy, and uh, if you're not if you're not being informed by the news off of your smartphone, you're playing some stupid game. <laughs> and you know, the, the the truth is, we just live in a very distracted world. And so, if we can get out and just slow down and have some one-on-one conversation the key is relationships really yeah. it's just i think i think being in the outdoors is just a tool to help you get back to that and so just just being all there and having a conversation and and just ex- experience like you're talking about you and dale jr you know there's a bond that's created there because it, it's like winning a race i mean yeah. it, it is a yeah. victory and and you've done that together and it, it's it's something that's uh it's hard to explain someone that hasn't spent any time hunting or in in the outdoors in that kind of way but it, it is it is a really great opportunity especially when you're talking about kids and teaching them responsibility and teaching them <laughs> about patience as oh, you yeah. learn it and yeah. all of those other things yeah. no you're right and, and it's you know i i i struggle a little bit with you know you bring up the iphones and the ipads and uh I, i've taken both carson and kennedy hunting and wyatt um and there's that fine balance because you want them to go along and enjoy the, the experience and you want them to enjoy the yeah. outdoors, but you always get caught up in that. Well, I'm going to bring my iPad and you almost let them do that to kill some time just to keep the boringness part right. from overwhelming right. them as kids. But I mean, I think, you know, I look back on it and I think to myself about all of the experience I've had hunting with other people, whether it's just a buddy or a wife or a child you sit there and people think, well, you got there and you got to be quiet. And it's not, I mean, think about the conversations that you've had just sitting there yeah. in a deer blind or a turkey blind uh, and people don't understand, you know, well, you know, well, we, we can't talk. Right. And you, you get out there next thing, you know, you've talked for four <laughs> hours straight because you're sitting there whispering back and forth and you get into conversations. And you think to yourself, well, now I can't imagine that we had that conversation when we're out there trying to, to, to harvest an animal, but on the same token, it's yeah, super great time. I tell you, uh, talk about being a big, bow hunter i love to bow hunt i love to shoot my bow and i just got back from illinois over the weekend where my son shot in the national s3da archery competition oh, and wow. you talk about an adrenaline rush man <laughs> i was excited and had all these kids and it's if you've never been to a 3d archery competition it's a lot like golf where you have 20 stands and uh, uh each kid goes up there and shoots and you know, you have a different type of scoring system. You you can get a 12 or a 10, an 8 or a 5 or a 0. And uh, and so, uh, um, to make a long story short, my son, he finished uh, ninth in the in that competition. I was super proud. He finished second last week in the North Carolina State. And you know, we loved it. We loved to bow hunt, and uh, that's something I really you know enjoy in the backyard with my kids. And uh, it it gets kind of wild sometimes while the arrows <laughs> flying in the air, but so how old is your son he's uh 10 years old okay old Boone. he's awesome. 10 he he's uh he he talks a lot and you can't get him to stop talking unless you get him in here on this show we had him here <laughs> last up. year and he didn't talk he wouldn't he wouldn't talk he he locked up on us but you know it's it's a 
it's something that we've enjoyed as a family. And one thing I'm really looking forward to is my dad and I both drew New Mexico archery elk tags. Oh, wow. So in September, we're going to be listening <laughs> to some screaming bulls. Oh, that is with awesome. My little carbon air in my hand. I cannot wait. That I is, cannot wait. That, no, so will, will you guys film that show when you go to New Mexico for the elk hunt? Will you both? Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. You'll... Uh, do you have a place that you already selected? You had a zone. I guess New Mexico works. So you have to apply right, for a zone, right? Seventeen. Right? So uh, we're working on, on, on a few all the details now. Kind of wasn't expecting a draw, but <laughs> you and both, know, and both of you drawn. So do you, they do individual tags, or were you in as a group? Individuals. So you both just got right. really lucky. <laughs> so how cool is that going to be? How cool, yeah, yeah. for sure. I yeah. don't know. It depends on how cool it's going to be. On you now, you're going to be in a con instead of just one of you drawn. Now you go, you're going to have some competition. It oh, sounds it's like. definitely going to be a competition. <laughs> you can count on that. My dad, he does not like getting beat so when we go fishing he's like i mean he's all cool and he's acting like there's no big deal until you get like two or three of them. Oh, yeah and he won't talk to it you starts anymore getting, it starts and getting then, intense huh yeah and then he beats you really bad and then he won't <laughs> stop talking about it after that so but uh man he's he's straight he's a straight up uh killer i mean he he's 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 got it uh, when when that moment of truth comes in the nerves and your heart's beating in your throat he's gonna make it happen so yeah no, that's awesome uh it'll, it'll be fun we'll have a good time he's a good hunter i've learned so much from him he's a lot more patient hunter than i am i think a lot of that comes with age yeah and absolutely experience and uh and so i i look forward to it it's just gonna be fun uh i wish there was one side of me i love to capture it and i love to tell the story and 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 it's fun to share that with other people but you talk about really messing a hunt up a video camera will re really mess up a hunt and i'd really <laughs> like to get one so i don't want to get yeah. it messed up too bad I, i've always uh I've always been torn about that because I've, you know, toyed a little bit with with the filming and and we've got actually got a, a camera. We took um, I took Kelly turkey hunting to Pennsylvania this year and she and Wyatt and I set up. Uh, Wyatt's our five year old set up in a blind and Uncle Robert called for us and I was filming. I was the cameraman and we didn't end up making it happen. We got some great footage of some Jakes coming in and messing with our decoy, but but no long beards. As cool as that is, I think to myself, man. I look back on all the, the really good deer that I've shot, and I think to myself, if I was trying to film, yeah. I, I guess I, Carrie and I filmed the show up in can Canada together, and I had a good buck come in, and the cameraman, I got waiting on the cameraman, and he was a good cameraman. It wasn't his fault, right? but I, I was waiting for him to get where he had enough footage and good enough footage to where I could shoot and end up not getting the deer. Yeah. So, of course, instantly I got this bad taste in my mouth thinking, oh, man, that's going to mess me up. But I know you guys have lived that. I mean, mm -hmm. you've done it forever, you know, with the cameras with you, and, and it is a different thing. And it's really, it almost puts a really cool challenge in it. But on the same token, you know, when we're going hunting to Pennsylvania or Ohio or some of the places that we go, I'm thinking to myself, well, that, that wouldn't be uh, not the end of the world if you mess up. But in this situation, and I've been in that situation, you know, whether it's an Iowa tag that I've gotten drawn for or what may be, uh, you got this chance to go hunt the, right. uh, uh, a bull of a lifetime. Bucket list and, stuff. And when that guy comes in, if it gets messed up because you were trying to get get it on film, <laughs> I guarantee you that's going to – I would have a hard time making the decision. I think I'd probably say, you know what, I'll film some other hunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's so the mindset I'll have that to That is take. hard. A couple of years ago, I was in Iowa, and uh, I was on a, uh, a seven-day hunt, and day one, I'm watching this big eight-point, and I was, I'm, I'm hunting with a bow, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke that deer if he gets close enough, and I look over to my left, and here comes about a 175, 180-inch deer with split G2s <laughs> running across the field, and he runs straight to me, and he runs by about 40 yards. He never breaks, breaks his run. 
Okay. Well, to make a long story short, I see this deer every day of the hunt. Oh my gosh. Except for except for like day five, I had a bad wind. So I went in there and hung another stand uh, for the wind. Went in there last day of the hunt, and right at daylight, he comes out about 80 yards down. He's going to walk this path in this cornfield about 10 yards out right in front of me. He's going to, I mean, he's going to give me a 10-yard shot. We all we know this. Mm-hmm. The camera gets on him. He's like, it's too dark. It's too dark. It's too oh, dark. no. <laughs> so he's going to go up there and just hang out because he's done this every day, you know, that we've seen him in this little this little nook in this field. So he goes up there, and he's like, all right, it's, it's getting about close. And he's behind some limbs. And so I'm waiting on him to come out. Well, when he does, he breaks and takes off running, chasing a duck. Oh, man. Gets downwind, smells me. Oh, Blows yeah. the whole deal. Oh, your heart does that to be set down yeah. in your stomach at that point. So we're not going to do that with a big bull elk. Yeah, that that, that would be, yeah. And, and like I said, I, I look back on the really, really good deer that I've killed. I think back to myself, if I had another man in a tree with me, I probably, I don't think people have appreciation for how hard that really is. And, and, you know, hats off to you guys for doing that. And I got some other buddies in the industry. And, I mean, they're... I got a, a, a Ben Rising up in Ohio. Is a, he helps us uh, helps us with our property up in Ohio a little bit, and he's a, a good friend of mine. And he, I mean, he year in year out kills kills Boone and Crockett deer with a bow, with a camera, either filming himself or with a cameraman. And and you know, you think about the guy that's the ultimate hunter. That's it. He's killing Boone and Crockett deer every yeah. year with a bow. That's impressive. And now you what really? I mean, anybody that's been in your shoes knows that yeah. with a camera with you, yeah. that is. That's yeah. that's really getting it done. I mean, yeah. I couldn't do it. My, you know, I can't kill a, a booner every year myself. You know, without a camera. So, right. so I, I hats off to what you guys do there because that's definitely it's a, a heck of a challenge. But it's it's awesome in the same aspect that you get to share some awesome experiences that you get to experience with with people across the country. And that's got to be, you know, it's a good feeling. I guess you know, I'm sure it's just like you said, it's like winning a race when you're successful. It's a great feeling, but just to know that you're you're adding other people's lives too is pretty cool. So. Absolutely. And then the, it's like I told my dad uh, last week uh, during this archery shoot. I said the good thing is. If Boone misses the target and tears up an arrow, it's about ten bucks. You <laughs> miss the mark and hit the wall, it's yeah. about eighty grand. <laughs> yeah. So I like well, I, that, I like that, those numbers anytime, a lot better. Anytime I sit there and try to put some logic to the, to my moves and what I do in life, I th- I, I I use racing. Just you know, <laughs> growing up in racing, you have that comparison, and I think to myself, you know what, that lease is. You know, I'm gonna have a lease out there. It's gonna end up costing me, and I'm gonna blah blah blah. Next thing you know, I'm gonna spend five or six thousand dollars to have a lease to go hunt for one week, and I. I back up and I think to myself, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that I can work to do that. But yeah, how quick can you spend that in a race car, right? One race, you could spend your whole year's hunting budget in one race. That's so, right. So it's, uh, it's, you know, and I know that doesn't relate to a lot of people, but in, in your shoes, you can put that in perspective pretty mm-hmm. easy. So I, I can, I definitely understand where you're at there. And not, you know, not that it takes a lot of money to go hunting because I think that, you know, we all, another thing we talk about a lot is just uh, how fortunate we are in in the United States to have places in every state uh, that you can get up and go and take your family and go hunting that, that you don't have to own the land. You don't right. have to pay for the land. You, you know, with our, 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 our system set up with the way they are to have places that were provided that we can go hunt. Mm-hmm. Anybody can. And, and I grew up in a County and, and I know you're not real familiar with where I'm from, but I grew up in a County in in Northeastern Pennsylvania, Sullivan County. And that County is a huge recreational County. It's all, state parks you know public hunting game lands i think that and i always say the percentages and i'm never right because i really don't know what they are but at one point along the time i did know what it was but something like 
70 or 80 percent of our property taxes in our county are paid by the state because it's 70 80 percent state land wow so you can get out of work in the afternoon grab your kid grab yourself do whatever you want and go spend time in the outdoors whether it be fishing whether it be hunting and, and enjoy that privilege and and how you know you talk about privileges we're lucky we can hunt we're lucky that we are you know can do, go do things like that but you really want to think hard about it think about the fact that we can go do that without you know having to, to make x amount of money i mean i know you know there's other countries where yeah you can hunt if you're the right person and you can afford it right you know just to get a hunting license i, I talked to somebody in germany about it and they were i mean just to be able to get a license to hunt is is a tremendous feat and you it, it's a lot of money and a lot of time but versus here you go down to your your local you know gas station or your local hardware store and buy a hunting license you know for a minimum amount if you're a resident and go enjoy some of the state public land and you know how cool is that when you think about that so we're we're very fortunate i, th- I think the only thing i could add to that is america yeah america that's right <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had carrie here to say that he would you're right man it doesn't take you don't have to have a wheelbarrow full of money to go hunting and you know just get out there and one of the things that shaped and taught me how to hunt and uh, talking about those turkey hunts I've been on, you know, two of those, I killed one of, one bird this year on a property that I can hunt. It's 10 acres. The other piece of property is 60. So I'm, we're not, I'm not talking about, I'm going out to a 10,000 acre ranch in yeah, Texas. Yeah. And so you have to learn different ways to approach things. And when you hunt small tracts of land, whether it be deer hunting, which I've done a lot of urban hunting, uh, I've killed a couple of good deer in, in Ohio and places where it's just 25 acre tracks, you know, things like that. And so you've got to, you've got you might have to take a different approach than, than something that you may see on TV on some of the shows, Yep. but it's available and it's there and it's, a, it's, a, there's resources to take, take advantage of and go do it. Yeah. I, I, it, that makes me think about, you know, I, have killed some really good deer over the years and in my one of my best deer i shot 191 inch deer in iowa and you know people say oh yeah was that a i mean when you tell somebody that doesn't know hunting first thing they ask you is well is that at one of those high fenced places where they're fenced in i'm like no no so so you go to an outfitter i said no no so <laughs> i we hunted a farm in iowa uh, just made friends with some people out there and for years it used to be a little easier to get drawn out there and we yeah. were in zone seven um and it was a little easier to get drawn. So we almost every year we would go for a long time in the early nineties. <laughs> well, so the, uh, our friends who, who let a friend of mine from Maine, Tony and I hunted together for years out there there, they had a real good place to hunt, but we never saw any of the giants and a friend of theirs had land that was on a river bottom, um, 20 miles from there. And fortunately it was in the zone where we hunted. So we went down there to hunt and he just let anybody hunt there. I mean, he said, yeah, you guys go ahead. And I mean, we get down there and there's, you know, stands hung and we see guys parked on the side of the road and it was a small, maybe a 400 acre farm. He ran cattle on it. Uh, but we saw the sign that we needed to see to know that's where we wanted to hunt. So mm. you talk about taking the different approaches. Uh, we went in there on a Saturday and had a guy walk under us and there was a guy parked over there and this and that. And I said, this isn't going to work, Tony. So we backed out and, uh, we didn't want to make anybody mad. And we went back in there. I said, next year, you know, we get drawn next year. We come back. We're so, we're going to go hunt that river bottom property, but we're going to use our heads a little bit about this time. So, yeah. you know, now we go in there and we hunted on a Monday and, 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 you know, didn't have the pressures of the local guys that were hunting that were working and such. So it worked out pretty good. And so the farm where I've killed one of my biggest deer ever came off a farm that anybody could hunt at, you know, just go, go knock on the door and ask the guy and he lets you hunt there. And I end up killing, you know, one of my best bucks ever. So that, like you said, just like you hunting those turkeys on these small tracks. I mean, if you really want to do it, 
you can figure out a way to do it and if you know and be successful and you know it just like you said different approaches and you know thinking a little bit outside of the box lots of times help no different than you deciding to go back and hunt at lunchtime when most of the guys would be like if they don't kill them in the first hour they're not going to bother hunting the rest of the day so that's uh but that but that's like you said that uh, apparently why you were successful successful and that's what separates a lot of guys from being successful versus a lot of guys spending time in the woods you know just spending time but either way it's still still a great time well you know it's uh this is bringing back good memories, you know, just um, last year hanging out with Carrie and having a good time. And I've been listening to you boys and just thinking about how, you know, I'd grade you guys out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to kind of listen for the rest of the year and get a good perspective. What I want to hear more of is some more behind the scenes. I, I haven't heard anybody sing. <laughs> so no, nobody sang any songs. Uh, Carrie's Carrie. He's still there. <laughs> We're working on the. You guys keep working on those things. I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to. Uh, you'll have to give us a checklist, and then when Carrie gets back in here, I'm gonna have to go over it with him and tell him here's where we're missing because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, with Carrie, he. Uh, my personality will take over and I'll start getting serious and hardcore into things. And, and that's one thing that I do is like, I, when I'm on something, I'm a hundred percent on that. And, and we do need, uh, <laughs> we, we need to break it up now and then because we do uh, we have so much more fun stuff that we can cut up in and talk about but we end up getting caught up on serious topics and don't get there so you're you give us a checklist and I'll make sure that we, we definitely have to get on that and you guys are doing you good won't, but I'll, I'll, tell, I'll promise you won't hear me doing a lot of singing <laughs> but but I'm I'll, I'll definitely coax Carrie and, and I tell you we uh we're we're fortunate I know you've had some uh some experience with Dale Jr. and spending some time, you know, outdoors with Dale. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, somewhere coming up, I think we're going to have Dale um, as a guest on the show in the next uh, little time. So Good. you uh, you have any, what you got for him? You got anything that you can give me any artillery to get to, to get him on? Because, you know, he Dale's one of the guys that we uh, – you know, everybody takes Dale so serious and like, yeah. oh, well, we, you know, yeah. make sure this is good for Dale and this is right for Dale. And I think that um, one of the things that – that, that Dale and I have done really well with and, and has built our relationship is right from day one. I think he realized that I'm, I'm all about Dale and I'm going to look out for Dale every chance I can. And I want him to have good experiences and whatever we're doing, whether it be hunting or whether it be at the racetrack, I'm always like, well, you know, you want to sit on that pock, pit box, you go in here or there. But on the same token, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, I'll call him out on stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what he likes about me is that I'll, I'll just look at him with a look and say, what, what the hell are you talking about? And, and, <laughs> and so he, uh, he and I have a great relationship like that. So give me a little artillery. What do you got for Dale? You got any good embarrassing stories? I'll give or, you two. Or what okay. you got? I'll give you two. I'll give you a racing story and I'll give you a hunting story. Perfect. All right. So we'll start with racing now. Dale Jr. is his, as I'll st- I'm going to preface this story with this. Dale Jr. has always been a better driver than I have been. So he, he was just, he's, he's a hard headed. He doesn't take no for an answer and he works at it. You know, he, he go he gets in there and he just, he gets the job done, but we were uh, we were idiots, you know, like most guys in their twenties. You're pretty much an idiot, but the the truth is, you just don't know it. And um, so we're going to race at Myrtle Beach Speedway in the Bush Series. And Dale Jr. decided to get a hotel room the week before, and wanted me to go down there and hang out with him. Okay, that was a mistake. It was a mistake. But we hung out. We and. And uh, we ended up the night of the race came in. I'm talking, it was blistering hot. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on a Saturday night. It's hot. 
and I love good short track racing. I love slick tires. I like it when you can't get wide open on a throttle. It's my fa- my favorite track I've ever raced in my entire life is Darlington. So that's what I like, yeah. you know. And so we went down to uh, we were down at, we were in the race and kind of started off um, a little bit. Uh, Dale Jr. qualified really good. I think he qualified first or second for the race, and I qualified about sixth or seventh or tenth somewhere somewhere it was good for me you know but somewhere in that range well we get to going and i passed dale jr and we're going it's not much longer i'm laughing dale jr <laughs> and we're going along you know and we're both you know it's, it's just a bit crazy and so get the end of the race come home and i was at dale jr's a couple of days later biggie comes comes over to the house he starts fussing at Dale jr he said look at hank hank showed you up out there what was you doing heck <laughs> I looked up on TV, you was in front of him, about 20 laps later, he was lapping you. What was going on, you know? And uh, it's like my head was just instantaneously oh, yeah. growing, you know? I mean, I thought I was Superman, you know? So I was like, I was giving Dale Jr. like for weeks after that, yep. Hey, just remember what your dad said. I was mad. Oh, you know? that's good. That's perfect. That but, is uh, perfect. I think he's just trying to get Dale Jr. motivated, which, you know, Dale Jr. lapped me every race after that. But Yeah, you got that one. That's the one that counts. That's the one <laughs> you that can that always counts. bring that one up. That's perfect. But uh, we went uh, we went pheasant hunting one time, Big E, and it was just a deal with uh, Remington. And uh, we went up there, and they went through this whole little safety speech. And Dale Jr. and I are talking the entire time. I, I couldn't tell you one word he said during the safety speech. And I know he couldn't because he proved it. And we're down there hunting, and, and, and Biggie was really smart. He's a really smart guy. And he knew right off the bat he needed to separate Dale Jr. and I because, as I said, <laughs> we're idiots. He was really smart. <laughs> yeah. we're, tw- we're in our 20s, and we're idiots, and we need we don't need to be together. It's dangerous, and that was that was good. I've learned. I learned a lot that day. And uh, so we're hunting this little bottom, and Dale Jr.'s on this side, and he shoots a bird, gets it, and we're coming back around. And I'm just following behind Dale Sr., and we get up the hill. About that time, a dog points between Dale Jr. and Dale Sr., and Dale Jr.'s like, whoa, whoa, I mean, Dale Sr.'s like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you can hear, whoa, whoa. you know how the uh-huh. take off. Whoa, 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 That thing takes off. And Dale Sr.'s just standing there confident with his hand out, like, stop, you know. <laughs> Dale Jr. waits, clears his head, pow, smokes that dude about <laughs> five feet over his head. Oh, no. I just turned around and walked off. <laughs> I just walked back to the truck. I was like, no, no I'm not going to be here. For, I'm, look, I've been roped into getting a few uh, butt chewings by Dale Jr. Not you wasn't going to have it that day, was Not you? this one. Not this one. Oh, that's perfect. All right. Well, I'll, I'll put those in the memory bank for sure for Dale because uh, every now and then he'll – and, you know, you, you, knowing Dale, you know how he is. I mean, he's he's usually right. You know, he'll – it's hard to get, get you know, carry with carry. I can get one up on him now and then, yeah. but with uh, with Dale, it's hard to get one up on him. So when you got that opportunity, you got to jump all you over. It. It. I mean, if they're gonna they're gonna hold it up there for you. You got to try to hit it out of the park every <laughs> chance you get. So, but he's he's yeah. We've uh, I love hunting with Dale, and, and you know, you said something earlier in the show that remind that makes me think of Dale and, and the success that he's had hunting in his limited amount of hunting that he's done, and you know he uh, busy all the time racing every weekend and you know, he doesn't shoot his bow and prepare. And, you know, he's not, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I don't shoot my bow every day starting the 1st of June, I feel like, I mean, I lose my confidence in myself. And, I mean, I know I can still kill a deer. Right. I could not shoot my bow from now until the time to go hunting, and I'd still kill it. 
but he doesn't let any of that bother him. And, and, you know, you said something about your dad and knowing how to put it together at the moment of truth. And, you know, I think that's something that's, uh, that that is something that's just in your makeup because he does, uh, he, he has that ability and, and you saying that about your dad and I've seen it with outfitters and they'll, you know, I, making friends with a, a Chase Flat, who's a, a good friend of mine who outfits out in Illinois, and I hunt with him out there, and he talks about deer and, and putting guys on certain, you know, certain guys on deer. And, you know, he brings up the fact that, you know, 80 to 90% of the guys that will come through there, he said, in a moment of truth, they just can't put it all together. Right. And I think that's why Dale has such great success in the in his limited hunting that he does and the limited preparation and all that that goes with it he can put it together in the moment of truth. And it's no, it's totally a mental game of, of staying focused, not getting shook. Yeah. And, and he's got that nervous deal, so to speak, that, yeah. that he can do that. And I, you know, I, I, I credit that to a lot of the success that he's had in, in killing a lot of the good deer that he's killed and, and such. And, and even the elk that he shot with carry out in Wyoming or in Colorado. Um, he, he has that ability and, and that's, that's something that, you know, I think either you have or you don't, or maybe it comes with you over time. And I feel I've been fortunate to also have that. And maybe it's something that with racing, you just kind of, yeah. you're always thinking a couple laps ahead of the lap you're in. And I think that the same holds true with hunting. But, you know, until until it was really thrown in my face, you know, uh, as far as with the outfitters saying that, you know, he just knows he's got guys he can right. put on a deer Absolutely. that are going to kill it and guys that he doesn't worry about killing that deer. And then when you say that about your dad, that, that brings Dale to mind because that's, that's the hunter that he is. And, and I think Kerry also has a lot of that. You know, I've uh, hunted with Kerry, and he's hunted in Pennsylvania a bunch with me, archery. We went to uh, Canada together archery hunting. And, you know, some of those guys will take a shot, and you think to yourself, there's no, you know, the more, normal person wouldn't have taken that, probably shouldn't have taken it, but yet they'll, <laughs> they'll take that shot, and it happens. And happen. you could say, well, that was just luck. But at the end of the day, a lot of it isn't just luck. It's yeah. about just you know, being yeah. cool and calm and, and knowing right. you can do it. And that's, that's, and, and there's hard to that, call it so. luck when it happens over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, yeah with Dale, Carrie, I might, I might still strike his up to luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's why we but do it. It's if, why we uh, do it. You know, it's like Dale Jr. Passing all those cars at Talladega back years ago, like nine yeah. cars in two laps yeah. or whatever it was. It's, yeah. It's, it's that rush. That's why we do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it, and it's that rush and then being able to not let, let it shake you and still put it together. So, but that's 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 pretty cool. That's some good stories. And uh, have you hunted uh, with with Carrie very much? Not a whole lot. I've been I've been around mostly. My relationship with Carrie's been mostly about uh, just r- around the racetrack and stuff. We went uh, last year. I was kind of cracking up just thinking about just how crazy he is. We went with him and my brother, him and Jeffrey. My bro- Let me try to back that up. Right, my brother, myself. Jeffrey and Gary went bow fishing last year, and I I, 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 I can't even stop laughing as I think about it. They're, they're crazy. Yeah, they're just crazy. <laughs> and just to hear him talking, man, I can hear it right now. It's just, uh, hey, you know, we need to shoot that one right there. You know, funny. good dude. Good yeah, dude. we we have we've had with with Gary. I've had a lot of fun time in the outdoors, and and he is he is like you said the the guy that that everybody is buddies with because he's just that that good guy. Well, Hank, it was a pleasure having you on here and, and a lot of fun breaking up the, the carry in my program. And, you know, just really appreciate you coming in today. I know you're busy, and but in the same token, I know you 
you care about Carrie and you care about this Earn Hot Outdoors show and, and that gets you in here to keep us going and don't be scared to, to shoot us a note every now and then and let us know what we're doing wrong <laughs> or what we need to step up. If and, I uh, think of any more stories, yeah, I'll send them to you. Don't be scared to give me more ammunition if you have something good. But we, uh, like I said, I just appreciate you. Glad to have you here. And, and, and I know Kerry was very grateful also to have you on the show today. Yeah, man. it. Uh, I had a great time doing this last year. And uh, hate miss not being here this year. I think the world of the Earnhardts, Kerry, Kelly, and Dale Jr. have all been such good friends to me. They've helped me through a lot of times and done so much for me and so it's it's special to be a small part of some of the stuff that they've done and and to uh i just wish you guys a success and uh, i like listening to it and i you know if i can listen to carrie get a good laugh <laughs> heck yeah that's what uh that, that's what it's all about good times all right hank well that's awesome and and, and i know that all three of those uh, earnhardt family members also appreciate you and, and and your family for what you've done in the outdoors as well as your friendships uh all, dating all the way back to your dad and dale senior uh just some awesome stuff so that wraps it up folks and uh here in the exalta studio and we want to thank exalta for all they do for dirty mo radio to keep up with the latest exalta news follow them on twitter facebook and instagram at exalta racing We'll check you guys out next time here on Earnhardt Outdoors. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan.